0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good morning. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with David Henderson.
1: Good
0: morning, everyone. Um, yeah, and we're here on an unusual day, an unusual time to accommodate crazy schedules. Mm-hmm. And um, we are here to talk about yesterday's sermon, which was from August 1st, live in harmony with one another from Romans 12, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you, so you talked about uh, living in harmony with one another is um, figuring out how to live together um, in the midst of the differences between us. And then next on this next Sunday, we're going to talk about forgiving one another, which is how to live together with uh Oh my goodness. I didn't know kind of
1: wrongs have been done. Yeah. Yes. And it's, yeah. Thank you. It, yeah. That was one of the things, done. I mean, I, that kind of sifted out for me as I was working on this message and thinking, mm-hmm. all right, what there's so much emphasis on this theme in scripture, but there's also a huge emphasis on forgiveness and they really deal with two different things. And the more I reflected on it, I thought, yeah, I really think it's kind of differences and then wrongs. Mm. And, and, and one of the interesting things, which I kind of alluded to in this is part of why differences are so hard is we tend to categorize them as wrongs it's wrong for you to be these ways that are different from me Mm. and so we take offense we pull back we subdivide all that kind of stuff
0: yeah and so it's important for us to be aware and to be thinking when we feel a, a rift or a division between like me and you or between each other and the congregation and the church family that we understand, is this a, a wrong that has been done to me? Or is it just a difference of opinion? And so I can, I deal with it differently.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that's part of one of the other things that I was trying to capture in the sermon was that our, and, and I, this is exacerbated by so much in our culture and mm-hmm. particularly the COVID pressure and our, all of us kind of worn thin, but our, our judgments are such snap judgments. We reflexively respond so quickly that we don't do that thing where, wait, let me just slow down here a little bit and stop and think, right. Is it actually possible that someone could be a devoted follower of Christ and hold this other opinion and and not be a flaming heretic Um, is it possible that someone could have this other approach to life or time or money or whatever relating and not be just wrong Um, and I think it's Mm -hmm. that it's that pausing there in the in-between that is so difficult which is kind of why I end up where I end up in the sermon and we'll get there um, which is that's got to be work that God does in us not something we in the moment can catch ourselves doing. That We're always going to go, oh, there it went. That thing I was supposed (laughs) to do, there was that missed moment again.
0: Right, right. And, you know, which kind of then again dovetails into the forgiving one another. If in the moment I react instead of taking time to respond, then I need to take the step to ask for forgiveness.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right, Michelle.
0: Um, but going back to living in harmony with each other, I think it's important. One of the important questions to ask ourselves is, um, and I, I don't know if it's how or why, uh, but, but let's just assume that the people we are with are reasonable, thoughtful people. And so instead of assuming automatically that they're wrong and they aren't thinking clearly, like, how can a reasonable, thoughtful person come to a different conclusion yeah. than me? And, and you you alluded to that as well in, um, in what you just said.
1: Yeah, and Michelle, that is exactly right. And um, we, we, we know we are, of course, reasonable, <laughs> thoughtful people, smart, capable of thinking things through. We know our intentions are good. Um, but that's where some of that reflex, where we can be so quick to flip over to the other side in our view of someone else when we encounter difference. Well, I'm, I'm not convinced that you have a brain that's functioning right now. And I'm not convinced that um, your motives are anything other than ulterior and undermining. And um, yeah, to just slow down and go, actually you're a whole lot more like me than you are not like me, even when we are different as people. Um, and I can, I can start with the, yes, you're a sinful person. Yes, God is at work in redeeming you, but you are clear thinking and you are well-intentioned for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I think that's important. Um, Cause I, I, I was reading something over the weekend and it, the bottom line was in our, in our society today, in the age of social media, in the age of, um, black and white, either people are heroes or they're villains, mm-hmm. and there's no in in be- nowhere in between. Yeah. And we as Christians say, uh, yes, both. We, are, we can both be heroes and villains in the same person because we Absolutely. can make courageous decisions, which appear heroic, and we can make selfish decisions, which are villainous for, you know, when we're using those terms.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great insight. So what all of what that suggests to me is in really practical terms um, that we are called, and I think I've shared this uh, a number of months ago, uh, we're called to practice, to pause and practice curiosity. Mm. I, I'm curious, tell me, tell me more. I'm really, I'm really surprised um, or I'm really intrigued. I, I'd love to know because your position is so different from mine. I'd love to know more about that. How did you arrive at that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, to start there instead of you, what, Mm -hmm. um, which is where we tend to go uh, when we encounter difference. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of some of, um, well, (laughs) I could go down that road (laughs) very far, but I do want to go back into your sermon. Um, and you're talking about the invitation to be at peace with one another. Um, the, if the three shifts that that statement implies mm. um, so it implies moving from being passive, a passive observer to an active participant in the congregation, in the church family.
1: And in our effort together to be united and harmonious and at peace that that's
0: yes. If
1: I'm a part of his church family, that's part of my job. That's not that other person's job yes.
0: right. Right. And so that's one shift. And then a Mm -hmm. second shift is from a personal Christian experience to an entire congregation experience.
1: Yes. Um, And especially when I am thinking in terms of who benefits when we come together for worship, when I, when after the worship, I'm urged to hang out and, and have enjoy fellowship with others. When I'm thinking about my small group, am I thinking in terms of how I benefit or how we benefit? And that totally shifts. the the way that harmony and unity get uh, strengthened.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And then the third shift is from some to all. Mm. That one another to all, all. (laughs) Like all be at peace with everyone. Yes. In the the church family.
1: Yeah. And I I, this just uh, comes from observing and reflecting. You know, I think we it's always easier to get along with people that we are similar to who see the world similar (laughs) to us and who who like us and admire us and Mm -hmm. and it's easy for us to subdivide the church into a a more convenient more enjoyable portion of the church that is easier for me to connect with instead of those old people or those young people or those people from another country or or those people who hold that different political opinion or whatever else and I think um I am absolutely persuaded that Paul is talking about the whole local church here and the other writers of the new Testament when they are talking about these one and others.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Um, I think as I was thinking about these three shifts. Um, I, they're so countercultural from uh, it, especially an Americanized viewpoint. Of, yes, yes, yes. I'm so independent. It's all about me. I deserve it, and um, and this is all about the others. It's all that turning out and looking out that we talked about several weeks ago.
1: Yeah one of the one of the ways that we are so made so rich as a church by people who are part of our church family who are from other ethnicities and other nations and other backgrounds. Um, is the way that they can bring a corrective. We just kind of assume this. We just, we drink it in the water. We breathe it in the air. And it's the we're discipled in this very independent self at the center posture. And I remember a conversation with someone recently who is a leader in the church, who is not white. um, And he said, he said, you know, I'm just curious it. um, You know, I come from a culture where we tend to think much more in terms of the group as a whole. And I just keep encountering within the life Mm -hmm. of the church, this kind of me first, I come first. Just how do I benefit from this? And he said, am I missing something? <laughs> and <then> it's like, <laughs> well, no, you're putting your finger on a very profound, um, I mean, we, we've we all grown up, you know, those who are United States folks born and raised here, we've all grown up in this discipleship system towards independent thinking and, mm-hmm. and individualistic thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I love how the New Testament stretches us out into a different way of thinking, which is actually much more consonant with the way other cultures view this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, and it's so, oh, it's just so counterintuitive for Americans that it yes. just, it's like, like I've, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly saying, Oh wait, no, that's a, that's my independent streak showing. <laughs> that's my, I don't need anyone else attitude showing. And I'm constantly trying to get rid of it, but it's so hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it's really interesting. I, I don't know that I've shared this with the congregation, but um, uh, when I was graduating from seminary, I received a scholarship. It was actually incredible, incredibly generous scholarship that let us go live in Cambridge for a year. And the scholarship was started by a Presbyterian layperson, person, very wealthy man, I don't know who it was, that's all I know about him, who had the conviction that if we are blind to the influence of our own culture, we will perpetuate our own culture's mores and values. Mm. And it's only as we encounter other cultures that we can begin to see the influence of our own culture. Um, it's kind of like if you walk into a room with white walls and white furniture, you can't see the furniture. But if you take out a little bit of purple paint and start just throwing it, it's like, oh, there's a couch, there's a table, there's a chair. didn't even know they were there, part of the furniture in the room. Mm-hmm. So he paid this huge amount of money for people to go live outside of the United States just so they could be exposed to different culture, primarily so they could come back in, into their own and go, wow, I didn't even know that that was the air and the water that were my home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as someone who has never lived outside this culture, it's possible to get that um, perspective through a lot of reading Mm. and um, you know, reading of authors uh, of different um, viewpoints um, and, and discussions with people like you who have lived outside the culture, who can help us see this culture that we're in from a different perspective and um so that's another reason why it's so valuable to have people from all backgrounds in in our church family
1: absolutely because
0: not everyone has an opportunity to live outside the u.s for any time or even like i mean i've never even been overseas ever so it's um you know so not everybody has a chance to travel and even travel can help open those eyes as well.
1: Yeah, and that's, again, a part of that, this is I wasn't intending to kind of plug this, but another delightful part of Covenant's multi-ethnicity. Yesterday, um, after church, I spoke with a Korean family, I spoke with a Russian woman, I uh, spoke with a young woman from Colombia, and I had a conversation with someone from another culture, and I just thought, oh, this is so healthy and rich for us, you have so much to bring to us as a as a community, as a family of faith.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that brings us to the obstacles that you addressed in your sermon um, from several different passages. um, And I found it interesting how they built on each other, um, starting with Romans uh, 14, 13, um, stop passing judgment on one another. So it started with the inside with what, what are we thinking? And it moved to the um, what am I saying out loud and what am I saying in conversations and how am I eating and devouring people around me?
1: Yeah. which is kind of that last one. is kind of the whole, it's the, if all of us do this together, if this is our culture, we're just going to end up destroying each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that, that, Uh, stark conclusion yeah that was exactly what struck me and again that's so much I mean one of the things I love about preaching is I am on this uh, adventure of discovery every week that I preach um, and and I love seeing that connection yeah it starts with what's going on on the inside of me where where I say something like how can you be so blank Mm -hmm. kind of that captures that judging spirit in me um, where I I don't just see us as different, but I see me as better or you as worse or inferior. And then that how that comes out towards you with the subtle things that leak out. And then especially this uh, incredibly acidic and divisive tendency for us to take our complaints out to others that is so fueled by social media today mm-hmm. to, to go and slander one another um, in in a public setting.
0: Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the um, of the verse in Matthew that says, "Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks." And it also goes to that to your final point, which was the most important moment in our fight for unity comes in the stillness before God. So, unless our heart is changed, there is no unity. And when our heart is changed, it comes; it changes our thoughts it changes our words, it changes our actions.
1: Absolutely. To the glory of God. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It is so moving for me. And, and I think we've talked about this, Michelle, but, um, you know, I, I can't look to a single part of my life where I have grown from a worse version of myself to a better version of myself, where I can point to myself as the author of that. There's not a Mm -hmm. single place where that's true in my life. And, and, by to the contrary every place where there's any evidence that i can point to of of that progress in Christ-likeness, it it is entirely completely god's work with which i have worked hard to cooperate but it is entirely the work of god and that yeah that's really what struck me michelle as i thought i can't i i i can't think and see clearly enough when I get caught in the friction of differences between us to suddenly kind of clearly and slowly think that through. And, oh, actually, that's right. I'm supposed to be doing it this way instead of this way and slowing down and practicing curiosity and showing respect and honor for you. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the conversation's done by, I've already reacted and it's done by then. Mm-hmm. It is only as we pull apart and put ourselves before this amazingly powerful and present and involved God, that this will ever be true of us. So it's Mm -hmm. fascinating that how we relate over here with one another has everything to do with how we relate here in private with the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which leads to the discipline, our third, um, the third point in your sermon, which was um, be patient, bear with one another and endure graciously um, making allowances because we love each other.
1: And that, yeah, that was the uh, realizing that the, the, the insight for me there was that the verb isn't enough. And this is often true in the Christian mm-hmm. faith. The verb isn't enough, go share your faith. Well, we can do that in harsh ways. We can do that in judging ways. We can do that in scolding ways. We can do that uh, uh, in an annoyed posture share your faith freely share your faith generously uh share your faith trusting the lord to go before you Uh, it's the those qualifiers that matter so much in the christian life and it's absolutely true here Um, Mm -hmm. it's not a grit your teeth um try hard choice it is the work of god with which we cooperate and that's what lets it be patient and gracious and, and compassionate and um and particularly making allowances, which, and they, that was the thing that was another <laughs> key insight for me is like, yes, that hmm. when I encounter differences between you and me, instead of going, all right, so, and when are you going to change? When are you going to adjust? to fit me? And um, it's like, well, what what can I change on my side? How can hmm. I change my perspective or my attitude or um, make it to make allowance, to make room for this being a place where we are different? hmm So Brandon and I were talking about what Brandon, my son, and I are both married to wives who are um, more present to the moment women than uh, clock conscious women. And it happens that each of us are more on the clock conscious end, which people at Covenant will be (laughs) will shake their hands and say, you can't be based on how long you preach. But uh, that and and one of the things we've talked about is, you know, rather than just being annoyed by that. What if we just say, all right, we'll just make more allowance. Let's just make more give in our schedule that allows for that. Let's communicate more clearly. Hey, we'll be there between six 45 and seven so that we don't create frustrating expectations. You know, how, how do we build in give for one another instead of just mm-hmm. doing this? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: can you be so blank?
0: Right, right. Exactly. And, you know, and again, um, It requires me taking responsibility for my feelings, my reactions, my responses um, before the Lord and before others.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's interesting to practice that the the evangelical church has kind of boiled down our devotional life practice to one thing, which is a quiet time in the morning, Mm -hmm. which is great. And it's so important, pivotal. Uh, but it's only half the discipline, we have to have that other bookend. And the other bookend is the, what has been known as the examine. And the examine, and this is where this really important work gets done. The examine is when I pause and I, I look back over the day and invite God to let me see the day as he saw it.
0: Hmm.
1: Where were you present, God? Oh, and thank you, Lord, that I saw you then. And I responded. Where else were you present, Lord? Oh forgive me that I totally missed that Lord and I w- I did not tap into your presence and your power I didn't respond out of you I responded out of me mm-hmm. and then that leads to a more focused way of inviting God in in this transform- transformative way that he delights to be Lord I'm I'm seeing a pattern here in me would you please make me more Christ like in this area and then that gives his spirit room to do that work kind of offline um so that the next time I'm in that situation, I'm kind of looking at myself going, well, this is kind of new. I'm enjoying right. the fact that I'm slowing down practicing curiosity in this moment instead of doing a, a snap decision and, and communicating whatever to you and my judgment of you leaking out towards you, but I'm actually slowing. Wow. Thank you, Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that when we can own our part in it before God as confession and and are saying before to Him, "Of course, Lord, I can do no better apart from You." Right. That's the very thing that lets gives Him room to move in our hearts
0: hmm. and in our practices. Hmm. And and as He transforms our hearts as we sit before Him, then we live more for His glory instead of our own. Yeah. Uh, both individually and as a, as a corporate body, as the church family as well.
1: So all this kind of goes back to the opening story that I shared um, in my sermon, which was a conversation I had with one of our awesome vendors who came uh, to join us this summer. And as someone outside the church kind of looking in and being puzzled and bewildered and saddened by what she has seen as kind of not being able to get along within churches that she is familiar with not talking specifically about covenant mm-hmm. and and my agreeing with that sadness and and that and jesus saying it is in john 17 three times it is our unity that will let them know for sure that you god sent me jesus saying so what we're talking about is unity is a miracle it's the work of God in our midst. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't reflect well on us. It reflects well on him. It mm-hmm. it proves he's in our midst because he's bringing about in us and between us something we cannot bring about in ourselves. There's no other institution in the world where harmony just comes naturally. You know, it nowhere. <laughs> just doesn't. Um, so when it does show up, it, it leaves people going,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where does that come from? Um And and we know that it doesn't come from us. It comes with our full and eager and hardworking cooperation, but it comes from the God who is present in our midst, whose power is available to us, whose spirit lives within us, Mm -hmm. who brings that about to the glory Mm -hmm. of God.
0: And I think that is the perfect place to stop. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today, David. And um, it's a joy. Thank you. And
1: Michelle, if I could just say, sorry, I'm I'm talking over you, but um, I just want to say, Covenant Family, it's um thank you for taking this extra time to join us to listen in on this uh, because uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of share a little bit more of what's behind the sermon and and kind of to dig under these passages a little bit, but really. It's just a great investment in in your and my continued growth and deepening. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that you're taking this extra time to join us in these conversations. Thanks for doing that.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us, whether you're live on Facebook or later on Facebook or on our podcast. And um, I will be back next week to talk with Rob, who is preaching on Sunday. All right.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Michelle. joy to be with you. Bye.